Hey ho weaves, today's episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Based out of New York, The Gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world. See, we are unable to shunpo around the world all over the place in a flash like our friends in Ichigo and other characters in Bleach. But this, The Gallery, is a great way to bring a piece of the world straight to you. See, all of their prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery sweet, sweet pristine finish now you can take off those dingy old anime wallpapers off your wall and replace them with something from the gallery right now the gallery is offering our listeners 15 percent off um their, your purchase using the code 15 off all you have to do is go to the gallery.com that's t-h-e-g-a-l-r-y.com so your wall will never be boring again now enjoy the show Hey, yo, let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Weebcast. Oh, it feels so good on a nice Friday afternoon to be back and talking to you lovely people. Oh, my God. I love it. I missed it. God, every single time I get to sit down, record one of these episodes, and then after that, I'm just, you know, then I got to sit back and then. You know, hopefully people enjoy get this, get some feedback from other people and from various places, and then just makes me want to record another episode <laughs> that same day. Um, it's amazing. Been amazing seeing the support. I can I'm starting to slowly slowly see the show growing um, after each episode, um, and it's it's amazing. Things are getting a little. I'm starting to uh, add some pieces to the Weebcast pantheon of things and i'm so excited um like for this past week monday tuesday wednesday thursday um and today um you have been and will be hearing my voice weekly monday through friday right on podbean so if you don't have podbean um it's a great place to also listen to your favorite podcasts but um it's also a great place to hear live radio shows and that is exactly what i've been doing with weebcast hang out monday through thursday right at noon eastern for about an hour and some change um i've been hopping on podbean hopping up starting up a live stream and there's been chatting with the people that come in and out talking about the story my favorite some of the anime and manga stories of that day um and just kind of and pretty much getting you guys' opinion on different things um, and just react to the news live with you guys. And it has been a blast. Um, the live streams have been actually surprisingly pretty engaging, I will say. Um, and super fun. Um, and it hasn't even been a full week since I've done these live live streams on Podbean uh, with Weebcast Hangout. But I am excited to do more of them. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's about what, April? It's the April 28th, I believe. Um, I will be hopping on um, right after this episode premieres at 12 p.m. After this episode drops right at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I probably will be hopping on Podbean and talking about a little bit hour, talking about extra things about the episode. Um, some things that maybe some details I didn't get to, I don't get to in this episode. 
um, taking questions, polls, and all that, all that sweet and good and juicy stuff, um, right on Podbean on that live stream. So, um, so check, you know, so if you can't check out the, if you're gonna, you know, you can download the episode when this episode drops. Take your time, take some time, peep in into the live show on Podbean, which you can get on the Podbean app. Download that app, man. Download that app. Um, great app. Listen to some podcasts. I'm gonna be putting some of my podcast episodes on that Podbean as well pretty soon. But right now I'm using it for uh, just for live streaming right now. But you'll be able to listen to Weebcast on there as well, and you can listen to my live radio show Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern for about an hour and some change. Um, so that's been good. I've got a pretty nice schedule down for the next month, for the remaining of this month and the next month, with episodes I want to do. With, with an idea of some guests that I want to bring back on the show. You guys will be excited to hear um, some of your favorite guests that you've heard on the Weebcast episodes will be returning very, very soon. And I'm talking guests like Ace, our Bulgarian brute. And I'm talking guests like Megan, the angry Scott, um, Yagami, my very first ever guest on the show. Um, and so I got some new people too. There are some new people coming onto the show and I cannot wait to have them, um, and introduce you to them and talk about some great anime and great, some, and great some manga. And obviously the returning guests, um, you guys love those episodes. So like, why not bring them back for another episode? Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be fun. I'm really excited what's about moving forward with the podcast show and with the live streaming uh, on Weekcast Hangout. Um, it's going to be great. It's been fun. I just want to keep it going. Let's keep the momentum going. Let's keep the positivity in this anti manga world. Um, and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my best to guide, uh, as I am the voice of reason, the logical mind of this wacky and weird anime world. C Dub, aka Mori, aka the Independent Variable, your host of Weebcast. Mwah, that is me. But. Um, I guess this is like I said. If you're already looking, if you already know the title of this episode, then you know why I'm pretty excited. Taito Kubo is back, baby. Now, is he back and better than ever? Now, that's the question. But we'll get to that, and we'll get to that short. We'll get to that on the other on the other side of the show when we when I take you down, sit you down for the weekly manga corner. Because I, uh, on the second half of the show, I picked three chapters uh, out of last week's issue of Weekly Shonen Jump magazine that I thought were really interesting to talk about. And I've been talking about it all day, all day this week, every day of week, this past week, of how I'm excited to talk about Burn the Witch. Because Taito Kubo, uh, first chapter of four chapters, Burn the Witch dropped last Sunday. I've read it about a, a hundred times right now. And I got some thoughts on it. I'll try to be concise as possible. I'm just—I was so excited for it coming back, for coming out. I'm so excited for the the movie, the anime. It's a movie, but it's gonna be split up into like four or five, three episodes or whatever. Um, it, it's it's a lot. I'll probably talk a little bit about some details on the manga, um, and the anime a little bit while, you know, while explaining that Bird in the West chapter. Um, uh, if not, um, I've talked about it on the live show. Um, a few times this past week. Um, I've talked about it on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, I'm starting to get a little sidetracked here, and I probably should be getting into the show because I got 
I got some cool things. I got a cool something I want to talk about starting the show. But I should start off with these bastards at Twitter. Has my twitter.com forward slash JX and MORI. My account is, is suspended. I, I don't know why. What's I don't know why I'm being targeted. First, I was hacked. Now, my account is suspended. It's a st- stressful it's not okay it's not really stressful I'm, I'm overplaying it but it is it is mildly mildly annoying that my twitter account was suspended i'm going to get that back in a few days make it an appeal because i'm pretty sure it was just some bullshit anyway so i'm gonna get that back but i do have a backup twitter account and you can find me at based senpai um at based senpai b-a-s-e-d-s-e-n-p-a-i based senpai on twitter um also big news I revealed this on my live show yesterday, but we have WeCast is on Instagram. Yes, sir. WeCast is on Instagram. You can find it on WeCast TV on Instagram, uh, where I post clips of of episodes. I post polls, ask questions to 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 viewers, to fans, um, and just to people on Instagram, so I can get uh, to use that for the show. Just brand brand spanking new account. Just made that yesterday. Fixed it up. You can find us. You can find me on Weebcast TV on Instagram. Make sure you drop a follow there. Make sure you drop a follow on Based Senpai, my backup Twitter account on Twitter. Um, that'd be. I think we got that all situated. I think so. Um, I think it's time I get right onto the show and my first big new, big topic that I really wanted to get into. I wanted to start off the show by talking about one of my favorite shonen's of all time. That is um, Kinikuman. Um, Yuta Tamago's iconic Kinikuman manga series is starting anew in the pages of Shueisha's weekly Playboy. Um, finally returning to print publication after several years um, out of the game. Um... This is big. Oh, this is real big. I'm telling you guys, this is big. Um, the first chapter of the new series is centered around a clash between the series' many Superman um, and the Gods of Harmony. Um, was published on August 17th, this past August 17th, in issue number 35 of Weekly Playboy. Um, previously, um, Kunikuman had been published exclusively online. Um, via the weekly Playboy's website, which I they do have some pretty good manga titles. You can make sure you guys go check them out, see if you like it. Um, but after moving from print magazine for the second half of the Ultimate Superman tag arc, this was in itself um, um, precipitated by the series' move from Weekly Shonen Jump in 18, 1987 um, after shifting decisively away from comedy um, and um, and towards action over the course of its run. Uh, and with Kanukuman starting a new series in Weekly Playboy, you might be tempted to pick it up so you can do so via Playboy website as it will continue to publish there and as well as appearing in the print magazine. Um, yet the quality of Udemanko's series is questionable and the publication in Playboy makes it clear it's real. Uh, um, it's a real target audience and people are, are older men wanting a short injection of nostalgia. 
Um, but someone who's t- about t- who's 26. He's been reading Kanukuman for I guess when he started. I started. I picked it. Up. I remember starting to see it in, when I was in high school. Um, I think more people. I think this audience. I, I do realize this audience is probably for older men. Um, and it's not really for the young people. You know, people who were, you know, jacking their stuff off to One Piece, Demon Slayer, um, My Hero Academia, all that good stuff. But Kanukuman is worth your time. Um, but what's even more interesting? Um, here is the fact that uh, Kunikuman is returning to print for the first time in nine years. Um, I mean, for a series that's began in Weekly Shonen Jump back in 1979, it has uh, languished in obscurity on the Playboy website ever since um, 2011, uh, which hardly seems like an appropriate plate for such an iconic series such as this. Um, however, Unrefined it may be, you can hardly dispute um, the effect it had on the landscape of Japanese pop, pop culture. Um, furthermore, you know there must be some sort of rationale behind bringing Kinnikuman uh, back to print. Um, was there space available in the Playboy lineup? Um, has the series experienced some kind of sudden boost in popularity recently? Um, are we getting an anime? Are we getting a? Uh, are we going to get an anime reboot of Kanukuman soon? All these things came to my mind when I heard about this news, but it, I guess it doesn't matter right now because I'm just happy that uh, Kanukuman's legacy is secure, um, back on print so people can read, reaching a different audience, um, and its legacy is secure because appearing he does in video games, fashion, and yes, even protein powder. Um, so get jacked like Kunukuma with some protein powder with. Um, but I wanted to, I, I wanted to lead off with that with the news there on Kunukuma, but I wanted to gush a little bit about Kunukuma as well. Um, there are two things that I have always loved: superhero comic books, Marvel, DC, Image Comics, all that good stuff, and pro wrestling. Now, imagine my two favorite forms of two of my, two of one of my favorite forms of entertainment combined in one package. Now, I I know it sounds impossible, but let me just introduce you to Kunikuman, because Kunikuman is a Japanese manga um, that is the creation of Yuri Tamago and debuted back in 1979. Um, Yuri Tamago is um, Japanese for boiled egg. And it's the pen name for the manga duo comprised of uh, Taka, um, Takashi Shimada and Yoshinori Nakai. Nakai. Um, Shimada is the writer and Nakai is the artist. Um, Kunikuman is easily one of my favorite shonen manga of all time. Um, in fact, it's actually one of my favorite comedy shows. Comedy mangas. One of my favorite sh- uh, action mangas of all time. And in fact... I think, and like most people, I think who who read this manga, who kept up with it over the years, um, I I think I was a fan of Kunikuman before I even knew about the manga, and the reason for this is the complex history that the Kunikuman franchise has had in the United States. Like I can only speak for the United States, um, but in fact, 
you are probably more familiar with the Kanukamon franchise than you actually think. And that's, yes, you, the listener, right now, you probably know more. You probably know more than you think about Kanukamon. Uh, but at any at any rate, my goal with this part of the podcast right now is to raise the awareness of Kunikimon and explain the franchise's history in Japan and in the United States. Um, I mean, do I have some kind of selfish reasoning for doing this? Yes. Is it because I've been rereading um, on the Playboy's webs on the weekly Playboy's website, rereading this Austin manga now that I heard that it's coming back to print? Yes. But it is what it is. And I want enough people to get interested in uh, Kinnikuman when it returns to print. Um, so that we can get more. So Shueisha can license it more. In a, license more volumes of this manga in America. Um, and get a quote unquote an official translation of Kunikuman. Um But let's get right into the manga's. Uh, let's get right into the manga's publication history. Um, see, w- when you're dealing with a franchise like Kunikuman, uh, with such a complicated past, it's it is best to take a quick, quick overview of the manga's uh, publication history. Uh, and I'm just going to give you a guy's general sense uh, of this franchise. Um, because the Kinukuman franchise is composed of four different manga titles. Uh, let's start off with the original manga title. That is Kinukuman. Um, and it was published from like right in the beginning of 1979 to 1987. Which had a total comprised of 36 Takaban volumes. Um, and this was the manga that was made in um, into an anime in Japan. From 1983 to 1986, um, and this is the same anime that never made it to America. That never made it to America officially, uh, sadly. Um, the second was Kunikuman Nisei, um, and this manga centered on Kunikuman's son and the next generation of Chojins. Um, and it, this was published from 1998 um, to 2005. Which had a uh, <clears throat> excuse me, which had a total of about twenty nine Takaban volumes, um, and this manga was also made into an anime. Um, but un- unlike the original, um, this actually did make it officially to America, uh, which is weird. But I- I'll get on. T- I'll get into that uh, a little bit later. So just calm down. There's a there's a, there's a story behind that. Um, the third I- iteration. Was Kinukuman Nisei All Out Chojin Assault, um, and this manga followed the like in like in Nisei followed the second generation and their continued um, journey um, from 2001 to 2007 for just four volumes, <clears throat> and then Kinukuman Nisei Ultimate Chojin Chojin Tag, um, and this manga <clears throat> this was a little interesting. Because this manga had the second generation char- characters travel back into the past and team up with the first generation characters from the original Kinukuman manga. Wow, I know. Um, but let's let's go back to let's just go on to Kinukuman. Let's go back to the first iteration, the original, the original manga that ran from um, 
1979 to 1987 with 36 volumes of pure action goodness and comedy goodness um Yudite Mango um, realized that the first generation Kunikuman characters were more popular than the second generation which we've seen this happen before we've seen it in Boruto with Naruto um we may see it if Bleach ever goes down that route with its young with its new characters. Um, we, we may even see this in the Yashihime and Ishi, Inuyasha when Yashihime comes out in October. Um, so I mean, this isn't new. Kinukuman um, and, and Yurite Mango realized the same phenomenon. They were they were, they were aware that their first generation characters were more popular than the second generation. Um, so what did um? Uh, Yurite Mango do um, in 2011 uh, Yurite Mango went back to the original Kanukimon manga where they picked up um, how they where they left off in 1987 um, Kanukimon has been published from 2011 to the present right now still going with 71 volumes and counting um and like, and like I said, they went from print, then they went from digital, and like I just said a little bit early in the show, they're going back to print. Still staying on digital, but they're going back to print as well. Um, so it's really exciting. Uh, and the new volumes um, of Kinikuman have not been made into an anime. Um, however, though, there is, there has been a recent social media push for a new Kinikuman anime. Um, I was just and I was just I was I was looking through Twitter through the tags on Instagram Tumblr there's still an audience for Kino uh, Um but there's still a thirst for some more of that content on anime um, just from the US so I can I can't even imagine what the clamor is for Kino anime for the fans in Japan um, so we'll see how that plays out in the future though um, unfortunately um, Kinukimon has never been licensed and translated for the American market. Um, and this leads into fans to have turned to um, fan made translations for the Kinukimon manga. Um, luckily, um, there are there is a dedicated group of people who translate the latest chapters of Kinukimon as they are published. Um, you can read this, and the thing is, it's you can read these translations legally, because um, like I said, you can read Kinukimon in Weekly Playboy online, um, and then people just have a text, big a block of text where you can like um, kind of read with it as you as you flip through the manga digitally. Um, but there's like I said, there's a dedicated dedicated group that translate the the dialogue in these chapters um and this is where once again shueisha anyone at shueisha i hope you're listening um if you ever do listen to the show please rate review subscribe the show where we got wherever you may be listening to this podcast shueisha please that'd be very much appreciated please give us a translated kanuki man trailers as a part of the digital shonen jump membership I'll pay extra. I'm already paying for the Shonen Jump membership. I'll pay a little bit more if you put translated chapters on the digital Shonen Jump membership. Or Manga Plus. Please. Please, please, please. Um, the Kinukuman Nisei um, All Out Chojin Assault 
and then the Kunikumadise Ultimate Chosen Tag have also um, never been licensed and translated for the American market. Um, you just have to rely on scanlations for both manga series. Um, however, there was one Kunikuman manga that was licensed and translated for the American market. And that leads me into the next section of this uh, of the show, guys. Um, the Kinukuman franchise's presence in the American market. Um, Kinukuman in the United States. Um, but see, you. I don't know if you if you remember. Think back just ten minutes ago. Remember when I said you may be familiar with Kinukuman and not even realize it? Well, that is because while we never got either the Kinukuman manga or the anime in the United States, we certainly did Kinukuman. We did get Kinukuman over here in another form. Um, in 1985, I believe, Mattel got the license to bring Kinukuman toys called Kinkeshi over here to the United States. Uh, however, since the manga and anime were never licensed for the United States, uh, Mattel had to create their own backstory for these Kinukuman toys. Um, and pro wrestling was huge in the 1980s in America. So Mattel created the story of the good wrestler Muscle Man and his allies called the Thug Busters. <laughs> in the battle with Terry Bull, uh, which is um, which was Buffalo Man, as he is more well known in the manga and the anime, and his evil wrestlers called the Comic Crushers. I, I should I should you not. Um, and thus was born Muscles Toy Line, um, and not just but this was an acronym for something. Muscles um, stood for millions of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere. Um, and the word and the word muscles was also a nod to um, Kinukuman's m name, which is Muscle Man in English translated. Um, and the Muscles toy line consisted of, believe it or not, 233 different muscles figures, um, a battling belt carrying case that looked like a championship belt. And a hard rock, knocking, rocking ring wrestling arena, and a mega match board game. <laughs> oh my god! Um, moving into um, 1986, we got the Kunikuman NES video game from Japan. Uh, of course, um, in America, the the NES was rebranded to this game to tag team muscle to better match up with the already existing muscles toy line in the United States um, and the big difference is that Japanese NES game got broken junior um, while the American version of the NS NES game got Jeromino um, of course like like any other superhero loving and pro wrestling ch loving child in the 1980s uh, a lot of kids had all you know they had the muscles toys they had the NES video game um, yeah the video game probably sucks but whatever as a little kid people kids liked it 
Um, and then the Muscles toy line was cool as hell. I, I, I've looked at pictures. I've looked at where to buy some of these. Some of the prices are freaking amazing. God damn. I just wanted one to keep as a nice memorabilia item. When I heard that Kinukuma was coming back to print, I looked up some uh, looked up some eBay, Amazon to find up some of these muscle toy line toys. Because um, I remember having one really old one back when I was a child. Um, it was just a hand-me-down kind of toy, um, and that was over my first exposure of it. But I did, like I said, I I didn't know that what the manga was. I didn't know anything about uh, its fan base in Japan, I just thought it was just a cool toy line of a guy who looked really cool, wrestle, superhero type. Um, and, but at any rate, the Muscles toy line I found out actually ended in 1988. Um, and I've, I wish I still had that toy. God damn. I, I wish I could find it one day. Um, I'm, but at least there are people out there that kept their treasured um, toys. Um, but now we're gonna we're gonna step a little fast. We're gonna shumpo fa- fast forward to um, the year of two thousand and two, um, where you know Saturday cartoons were on. Um, you were hungover on breakfast cereal and milk, sugary breakfast cereal, um, and you're just flipping. Watching TV with your family, with your siblings, or by yourself, whatever the case may be, um, and you know you just and you flip channels and you, before you landed on Fox Box, I don't know if you guys remember Fox Box, um, and their lineup of cartoons. I'm sipping some juice, maybe, hoping to you know quiet down the pounding in my skull of a young boy who's got so much things on his mind. I'm just kidding. Um, on that TV, debuts a brand new cartoon that year. Ultimate Muscle, the Kanukuman Legacy. I sat there bleary-eyed and experienced the feeling of bliss and deja vu. Why in the world did I feel I had seen these characters before? And that's... That's when it hit me. They are related to my muscles toys. Um, but and the thing is, at the time, I didn't have stable, direct, you know, stable internet access, if any at all. It wasn't until much later, uh, much later in life, that I was able to do a quick internet search and and found the connection. And then that connection opened my eyes to the glorious, over, just the glorious world of Kunikuman. Um, and at that time, I just read through all the manga, watched all the original anime, and it had me honestly hooked. Um, as I stated, um... It was after 1988, Kanukuman had already left the American market. Um, and it was not until 2002 or 2003, I think, when the Kanukuman returned to the United States with the debut of Ultimate Muscle, the Kanukuman Legacy cartoon, which I'm sure, which I think was a lot of people's first um, um, interaction or with this Kanukuman. I think that was when there was their first kind of 
introduction to the character. Excuse me as I take an unprofessional sip of water. But um, this was the Japanese anime. <clears throat> excuse me, which was licensed to four kids. And boy, 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 did four kids make a tongue change? I mean, that's what that's their mo, right? Isn't it? Isn't that what they do? Um, they do this shit all the time. Did it to One Piece. Did it to um, Yu-Gi-Oh. <clears throat> Not Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh too. Um, and from changing from changes, and this included story changes, included changing the characters' names, and some of the larger plot points um, from the original anime. Um, the Ultimate Muscle, the Kunikuma Legacy, ran out, ran on American television from 2002 to 2004. Uh, and in 2002, we also got in um, Ultimate Muscle, the Kinukiman Legacy toy line by Bandai, um, and that kind of consisted of uh, like these six-inch um, tall, articulated action figures. Um, and I think it also had there was also a, a Kinkashi Ultimate Muscle card game. Um, interestingly enough, which I never would get my hands on, but in 2003. We got the Galactic Wrestling featuring Ultimate Muscle for the Sony PlayStation 2, which was big. It was big. Um, but also in 2003, we also got the Ultimate Muscle Legends versus the New Generations for the Nintendo GameCube, which I've never was able to play. Um, I didn't, to be honest, it, I, I, that's why I need to check again. I need to check if there's anyone on YouTube that's got some recent playthroughs of this game. Because I really, really want to see... The GameCube, Legends vs. New Generation. I'm a little more familiar with the Ultimate Muscle game they had for um, PlayStation 2. Um, but I've I've never actually played or seen any seen too much about the New Generation versus the Legends on the GameCube one. So let me know if you guys know anywhere I can find some videos of that to watch. Um, but in 2004, a year later, uh, Viz Media got the license to the Kanukuman Nisei manga, which, if you remember, which was the... Um, second arc incarnation of the Kinukuman series, and that was basically the second generation, the introduction of the second generation characters. Um, and Viz Media translated and published the entire 29 volume run of this manga. Um, and Ultimate Muscle, the Kinukuman Legacy Volume 29, was published in 2011. Um, I might have to do a review of that, to be honest. Um, maybe go, maybe talk a little bit about that volume, the ending of Nisei and its importance on it. I'll maybe have to do that one day. Um, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Cause I love Kinuki Man. I think more people need to get hip on it. And if I could do some reviews on it and this episode alone, I hope becomes enough to do so. But let's, let's, let me move on. Um, anyway. Since then, we, we sadly have been without anything Kinukuma related, and it honestly needs to change. Um, let, let me just explain the world of Kinukuma a little bit more clearly. Kinukuma is the action manga that delivers lots of silly, crude humor, and look, Kinukuma isn't recommended for the sensitive for the more sensitive readers. It, it, it's okay. 
However, for everyone else, what Kanuki Mount offers is a blend of superhero themes, pro wrestling themes, all wrapped up in a truly over-the-top comedy. Um, it stars our hero, the man, the OG, the myth, the legend, um, Kanuki Mount, who initially starts not as an Ultraman parody. Kanuki Mount is presented as some of a clumsy oaf who is rather stupid. Um... In fact, Kanukiman usually ends up beating up the kaiju that he fights for stupid reasons. Um, honestly, Kanukiman volumes 1 and 2, the very first volumes, aren't really that great. Um, and you can kind of tell that Yuta Tamago were unsure of what they wanted to do with the manga early on. Uh, it is also obvious that they have not found their groove in the terms of what they were constructing and what kind of type of manga they were they wanted to create um the ultraman parody moments are okay um but they never really grabbed the reader's interest um and the first two volumes also lack any true creativity or unique uniqueness um to the stories of the characters but however i'm telling you that all changes um in kanukimon volume three uh, this is the volume where Yudita Mango get their feet under them and they begin to flesh out um, the very own unique world and populate it with these insanely interesting characters. Um, this is where Kanukimon finally begins to get its own distinctive personality, its own distinctive flavor. Um, and it was from this point on, um, Yudita Mango knew what they wanted to deliver as for in a manga that combined superhero and pro wrestling themes. Um, the main character is Kanukuma. His real name is Kaniku Suguru, um, but he usually just goes by his codename, Kanukuma. Um, remember, Kaniku means muscle in Japanese, so his name makes more sense when you try to keep that in mind. Um, but with Kanukuma Volume 3, the story is about Suguru growing and evolving from a clumsy coward to a brave champion um, and the single greatest Chojin alive. Um, it must be kept in mind that the world of Kanukuman can be absolutely absurd. Um, this is all part of the charm. Also, continuity, continuity nerds who let continuity gaffes drive them crazy and demand logical explanations for every little thing that happened need to be warned. Um, because Yudite Mango operate by a fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants approach when it comes to creating the world of Kanukuman's franchise. The world for a Kanukimon franchise, um, like I said, it's it's a fly by the seat of the pants kind of adventure. You know, things could things change like in an instant. Um, you just really have to be ready for that. Uh, and this this there was a, definitely a sense that Yudite Mango are quickly making up things as they go, which a lot of authors did at the time, um, back in you know in the in the early eighties in manga, um, and the result of that. Is that they may contradict themselves or simply just make continuity changes when they kind of just feels like it fits the story. Um, one example is just how brutal the Chojins went from a group of evil Chojins to a type of Chojin that could exist in either the Justice Chojins or the Evil Chojins, and also things sometimes happen with little or with little logic or rather rather just flimsy logic. Uh, characters always come back to life with little in the way of of mainly detailed um explanations i mean in the end this all adds to the appeal 
of this unique manga though and the emphasis is simply on having fun entertaining delivering lots of kick-ass action between larger than life characters um let me move on to the chojins um because you're probably asking what is a chojin really but um well, now it's time to really examine the world of Kinyukiman. This manga focuses on Chojins. And Chojins is basically a Japanese... It's basically Japanese for superhero. And is used in the same way in this manga. And a Chojin is, separ- is a separate species from humans. Um, see, Chojins predate humans in this world. And Chojins come from a godly lineage and therefore have superpowers. Um... <laughs> Now, there's another way to become a Chojin outside of being born a Chojin. And and it's simply, and it's extremely rare. But sometimes a human through intense training or the use of a talisman can become a Chojin. Um, Broken Jr. and Jeromino are two examples of this Chojin. Um... The Chojins are pretty rare. Um, this places them in a kind of a special category on Earth. You know, therefore, humans idolize them much like modern Americans idolize NBA uh, and NFL superstars. Um, Chojins all have a Chojin power number, um, and this is the amount of power that the Chojin possesses, and it's and it's kind of referred to as a Chojin power level sometimes. Um, but at any rate, not all Chojins are equal. Actually, some Chojins have very high Chojin power level, while some Chojins just not at, not at all. Um, and the scale often is, the scale runs from all the way to zero to like a hundred million. Um, and only Chojin gods have a hundred million power, I believe. Um, but it must be kept in mind that Chojin power is not determinate of which Chojin will win a battle, though. And that's the cool thing here. That Chojins with lesser Chojin power have beaten Chojin with greater Chojin power. And this can be due to training and technique. Uh, and Chojins can also give their Chojin power to another Chojin to revive them. <laughs> um, and a Chojin's power level is a static number. Um, however, there is one exception um, to this. And this is um, Kinikuman. Normally, Kinikuman has a Chojin power of nine. Of like 950,000 um, but when he powers up to his burning inner strength also referred as the fire of inner strength or in America or the power of ultimate muscle his um, Chojin power increases all the way up to 79 million uh, and Chojins have all kinds of special techniques and powers um, that are kind of based on their physical body types uh, their training and their techniques and Chojins are far stronger and far more impervious to damage uh, than humans are, um, obviously. And Chojins can heal at a super fast rate. Just think of Wolverine. Um, not quite Deadpool, but think of Wolverine's kind of healing factor there. Um, lastly, Chojins settle all their disputes by wrestling. I know, it's convenient, right? But if two Chojins come in conflict with each other, and they do not simply just attack each other in the streets... Um, the two children will meet up in a squared circle and battle each other out. To 
it's important to get to the types uh, of Chojins as well. Um, there are four types of Chojins. Um, brutal, Robot, Masked, and Mercenary. Brutal Chojins are known for being bloodthirsty and just incredibly violent when fighting. Robot Chojins are either machine types or kind of cyborgs. Um, masked Chojins are like the superpowered luchadors. Um, Kanukimon is the example of, of a Max Chojin. And most Max Chojins lose their honor and right to fight um, if their true faces are ever seen. Uh, mercenary Chojins are Chojins who will fight for will fight for anyone in return for money. Um, most merc I mean, mercenary Chojins have no sense of good and or evil. Um, they'll just fight for money, uh, whoever the 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 payer um, is. And there's groups of even Chojins. Um, there are three main groups of Chojins: um, Justice Chojins, Evil Chojins, and Time Chojins. Um, the Justice Chojins are good are the good guys, obviously here. Um, Kinukimon is the de facto leader of the Justice Chojins and now now the Justice Chojins are not like a formal group like the um, Justice League. Um, they're more like baby face wrestlers who who each other have each other's backs during wrestling matches and will team up with each other to take on the bad guys. Um, now among the Justice Chojins there's a select group of Chojins called the Idol Chojins and the Idol Chojins are the superstar Justice Chojins. The Idol Chojins are the most popular Justice Chojins and they're the ones who the humans kind of just idolize. Kind of think of like Hercule in Dragon Ball. Uh, and kind of like how you have two wrestler, pro, you have pro wrestlers like Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold or The Rock who are at a much higher level than the rest of the pro wrestlers. Kinukimon is not only a Justice Chojin but he's also an Idol Chojin as well. Um, and then you have the evil Chojins who are, well, you know, they don't hide the ball, you know, they're, it's in its name. Um, they're the bad guys. Uh, evil Chojin are separated into two distinct groups, though, the devil Chojin and the perfect Chojin. And, and again, the names clue you in about those two groups as well. Um, the devil Chojin usually look demonic and monstrous, and the devil Chojin either reside in the demon world or they have sold themselves to uh, Satan. Um, the perfect Chojin can look more like regular children um and they possess godlike strength and exile themselves to the heavens since they are they could not find anybody worth fighting on earth um and some devil children actually join up with each other and form a stable perfect church children may also form a stable with other perfect children there are a lot of times where both devil and perfect children may even form a super stable with with one another um the dmp Demon making plant is one good example of that type of super stable we got in Kinukumon Nese, the second incarnation of Kinukumon. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that Chojins can change sides. Um, often, Kinukumon's enemies are so overwhelmed by his heart and his power of friendship that once Kinukumon defeats these Chojins, the, they renounce their evil ways. Uh, and Buffalo Man is a good example of a devil Chojin who reformed and became a justice Chojin. Um, the time Chojins are peaceful Chojin. Um, they wrestle for entertainment, um, and they can time travel. That's probably worth noting. Um, and the four types of Chojins are listed above are um, brutal, robot, mass, and mercenary. They can all be found in the main group. Um, main group of Chojin. Um, now let's get into the story elements. See all four of the manga titles. Um, in the Kunukimon franchise have the same basic story elements. Um, there are three core themes that run through all Kunukimon manga titles. Comedy, fighting, friendship. Um, these are the staples of any Kunukimon manga. 
Uh, comedy is important. Um, Kanukuma is supposed to be fun and silly. Now, to be clear, there are some serious moments. A lot of them, actually. But Kanukuma Magatows can get rather bloody and can get really rather violent. Um, and characters get killed all the time. But the Kanukuma franchise is supposed to be fun. So there's always going to be some kind of comedic, comedic relief in the Kanukuman story. Second, fighting. It's the main draw for any of the manga titles in the Kimiki franchise. These manga titles are not going to be full of talking heads and dive into deep, complicative, complicative subjects. No, 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 no. The Kanukuman manga titles are going to load up the reader with um, non-stop fighting, non-stop action. Um, the Kanukuman franchise is tailor-made for those action junkies, and there's never a dull, boring moment in any of them. Um, and of course, in the end, friendship is the single greatest theme in any of these Kanukuman manga. Um, all the stories revolve around the bonds of friendship. Uh, all the fights are centered around the power of friendship. Uh, friendship is honored and revered. Um, and it's actually quite admirable. And what makes Kanukuman a manga that has a real moral of the story is that it's through always through the power of friendship that Kanukuman can find the strength inside um, and his spirit to win the fight. Um, and the Kanukuman franchise mangas follow a similar story arc construction as well each story arc contains its own unique tournament or challenge um every once in a while you may get like a one-off match but usually each story arc is a tournament tournament of some sort with a prize at stake um, these tournaments can either be a series of solo matches tag team matches um and the prizes come in many forms as well you know other times it's a for a championship belt a trophy um, sometimes it's to rescue a particular character other times it could be for the protection of earth uh, once it was for the throne of planet kaniku uh, other time it was a t it was for the mastery of the power of the ultimate muscle um, sometimes a tournament can just be re a reoccurring one like the chojin olympics where all the justice chojins compete with one another and it's been done several times however you know usually it's a tournament pitting against justice chojins against the evil various chojins um and the Kanukuman is really familiar to the just familiar to the Dragon Ball franchise, in that these fights take a long, long time. I mean, one match may run as long as eight to ten chapters, um, and each of the story arcs run from anywhere to forty to a hundred chapters. So it's needless to say that Yudatimango clearly understand fight psychology. Uh, psychology. Every match is well constructed and tells a proper story. Um, the moves. That the various children's pull off also contribute to the wild nature of the manga. The children's moves and attacks just defies the laws of physics, and children's regularly pull off moves that make the reader's mouth just drop. Um, the craziness of the moves is just another aspect of what makes this Kinukuman franchise so much damn fun. Um, and of course, it's just not the characters in the moves that are over the top. It's also the settings for these fights. You have rings that set that are set up high in the air over bottomless chasms in the ocean. Some of them in the ocean, a volcano, or even a six-ring cube with a gravity machine inside it so the Chojin can battle any of the rings. The settings for these matches are always super insane, and to help the, it just helps add to the excitement to the story. Um, like I said, this uh, and this wraps up my overall primer of the Kanuka franchise. Of course, there's so much more to discuss, and I could go on even longer, but... Um, to discuss more of this general than what this general kind of show podcast is kind of giving you right now about Kanukuman. Um, but maybe this time in the future, I may deliver some more that's going to spotlight some of these various characters and moments in the Kanukuman franchise. 
Um, and I'll be adding maybe some manga reviews in the future when there's when there's some slow weeks that I'll maybe review a, a, a volume or two from Kinukimon. Um But maybe this maybe this podcast webcast will so you guys and listeners sharing the podcast, listening to the podcast, which you guys have been doing greatly recently. Maybe this will push Shueisha to finally give us an official translation of this awesome manga. Uh, but that's enough for Kinukimon because on the other side, uh, I have. I'm going to take it down to the weekly manga corner. Once once again this week. I got three manga I'm so excited to talk to you about. And the most one I'm more excited about. Is obviously Burn the Witch by Taitakubo. Because he's back baby. And we're going to we're gonna dive head into that chapter. And two other chapters I thought were really interesting. In this last manga. Um, and I'm going to hit that right up. Right after this break. Right after um, a little ad. I'll see you. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So, when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, yo, it's Weebcast Radio. What's up, everybody? Look, 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 look. It's the, it's the ending of a week. It's a Friday. And... And you know what we do. We you know what we like to do here on Weebcast. You, you already know what it is. You already know what it's about. Um, I'm here to end your work week on a good note. I'm here to start your weekend on a good note with with yours truly, the weekly manga corner, uh, which means only one time thing. Shueisha's leg- legendary manga magazine has been releasing over every week for over 50 years at this point, and it still has enough sighting series in his roster to justify its hollowed status. Now, with Viz Media now publishing the entire thing in English, there's never been a better time to dive in. Um, and in, week, in, in C-Dub's Weekly Manga Corner, um, it is my job to investigate, to review some of the greatest manga titles each and every week out of the magazine so I can tell you what's worth your time reading and what's not. This week... I'm really excited because we're chatting up Burn the Witch Chapter 1, um, My Hero Academia Chapter 281, and A Gravity Boys Chapter 32. Um, welcome back. Weekly Shonen Jump was on break last week, so we, um, so I uh, had to fill some time in, but I bet it didn't feel like it. I bet it didn't feel like it because, um, and it's been as they needed a break. They needed a break um, because with Act Age's cancellation, it really hampered some of a lot of people's enjoyment of of the last of the week's prior weekly Shonen Jump magazine. Um, but we still did get a good a little bit of jump of goodness uh, this past Sunday. 
um, with the Promise Neverlands duo with their with their latest one shot. I I still need to talk about that. I may talk about that one day. Um, which was published through Viz Media, and also it came after a week of its initial pro- Japanese release. Um, and I co- I kind of quite enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie, a very competent mystery story. Um, that shows that the pair have more enough potential to come back and create another hit um, in the pages of Weekly Shonen Jump. But anyway, on with the manga on this week's Weekly Manga Corner because it's big. It's big. We we know what it's about. You know the title. You know why we're here. Where's the Marshall Lynch? Y'all know why I'm here. Excuse me, I take an unprofessional sip of water. It's about Taito Kubo's burn the witch it's finally here it's finally here it's been over two years since Tactical published this initial one shot at this point meaning that the excitement for the series has been building for a long long time nevertheless temper your expectations burn the witch chapter one is the first in a series of four chapters um that we'll see Kubo's latest creation stick around for only about the end of September which is hardly the glorious return that many people were hoping for. But furthermore, it seems like as if the links between the manga and the upcoming anime movie, which will be split into three parts, um, are stronger than we once thought. Casting doubt and you know, casting doubt on whether this will, will or not this limited series can stand on its own two feet. Um, one of the first things that stood out to me about Burn the West Chapter 1 was its slick, slick and smooth presentation. Kubo's art style has always been something that I've respected, uh, but he is going all out with his presentation this time. Um, opening on a bold, very bold full page spread, and it transitions bombastically into the story surrounding Nini and Noel. Um, and this is something that continues throughout the Burn the West Chapter 1. Um, with hardly an idle moment wasted, but yet I have a, fe- a theory. Um, part of the reason why Burn the Witch Chapter One feels so cinematic may be because, in fact, based on the movie screenplay, something which isn't so unthinkable considering that the limited series in the movie were announced at the same time. Um, furthermore, moving on from that, the Larry dialogue um, and the narration. At many points throughout the Burn the Witch chapter one, very much feel like Kubo's way of representing voiceover in the medium of manga. Uh, and, and that's not to say that it doesn't work, because it does. It does make the reading opening chapter a breeze. Um, and it makes it go super quick, super fast. Um, but it also has me a little worried that reading this manga might up might uh, might you know just might end up being the same experience as watching the film. Um, and if push comes to shove, I'd just rather watch the film. Because for me, I don't want the film and the three-part film, you know, the film and then this four, this miniseries to be the exact same beat by beat, play by play. Otherwise, why do the manga and the film? Um, and that was one of my fears coming into this when they were announced the same day that we were going to get a, a manga and a movie. Then I'm like, well, the first thing that came to mind was like, wait, well. Are there going to be any differences between these two work to these mediums? You know, the manga is meant to give extra details, flesh out a world a little bit more beyond than the movie, or vice versa, maybe. Or, you know, but it, it's it worries me that this first chapter played out kind of like an OVA, 
Um, it, it really did. The way the dialogue, it felt like it was supposed to be spoken rather than read. Um, and that's one of the few criticisms, one of the criticisms I had with, with Burn the Witch Chapter 1 here. Um, uh, but but I expect that, uh, hopefully maybe that changes. Like I said, this is just part one of the four chapters going to be released. So, you know, maybe it may change in the future, but that's just what I feel like right now. Um, but I will say, Burn the Witch Chapter 1 doesn't really progress much beyond the initial one-shot. Um, either. I mean, instead of treating the story as a sort of test run, as many as many authors do, Cooper has decided to continue on the same path, following the same conflict surrounding Balgo and Osushi, as they threaten to bring chaos to um, um, Reverse London. Um, Balgo was hardly the best part of the initial Burn the Rich one shot. Um, and if I'm kind of honest, I would have preferred to have seen him cut out, to be honest. His obsession with Nini is a little grating. Um, and any time spent focusing on him is ultimately time taken away from our beautiful leads, Nini and Noel, uh, which are without a doubt the best part um, of the series. Um, all in all, Burn the Witch Chapter 1 wasn't really a triumph of a return as I, th- as I think Suresh and Weekly Shonen Jump wanted it to be. True, it did generate a lot of conversation, it's bringing in a lot of eyeballs, but its mixed reception hardly makes it feel like it's the crowning glory of Bleach's 20th anniversary um, that it was supposed to be. Um, at least we still have that continuation of TV anime looking forward to, you know, next year. Um, but in terms of original content, uh, we're stuck with this. Worth the rate. Worth the wait, right? Ding. Um, let's move on to My Hero Academia ch- chapter 281. Um, luckily, Bleach's successors in the realm of Weekly Shonen Jump Battle Maga had an incredibly solid set of chapters this week. Mashal. Um, continuing to demonstrate why its shift to action is proving so popular. You have Jujutsu Kaisen, which straight up made the antagonist the main character. Um, Gigi Akatumi has got some 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 gonads, man. Got some balls, man. Um, nevertheless, I chose My Hero Academia chapter 281 this week for a couple of reasons. And let me start out with the first reason. First, I don't think I covered... I don't think I've covered the series current war arc as nearly as much as I have done on the show. I should have done a little bit more on that. So that's why I've also picked this chapter. Um, so I'm trying to make up for that going forward. Um, what's more, My Hero Academia chapter 281 is full of moments that had me gawking at the quality of Horikoshi's writing. Which doesn't seem to have been hampered one bit by the shift to digital. Um... The first thing that we should get out of the way is the absolute beast. And I mean the absolute monster that Tomorrow Sh- uh, Shigaraki is. I mean, I already realized back in chapter 270 on how much he improved as a villain. But My, Ar- My Hero Academia chapter 21 makes this even clearer. The shifts in his design as, as well as just the overall presence uh, are making him into one of the best villains Weekly Shonen Jump has currently right now in this lineup. Um, possibly probably be beaten out by and the only one that I think this if I had to put him second I put first will probably be Chainsaw Man's Makima um, there are more subtle moments in My Hero Academia chapter 281 however I would like to focus on um, and the first 
on one thing first, and that's when it comes to Gran Torino. Because Gran Torino is grabbed by Tomorrow, possibly singling his demise. Um, and Horikoshi delivers us a flashback detailing Nana Shimura's struggles uh, with her family, having to give up her own son to protect him from all for one. Um, given Tomorrow has turned evil direct, you know, turned evil directly as a result of this decision, feels like the old heroes coming face to face with his mistakes. Um, lending credence to the villain's declaration that you heroes hurt your own families just to help complete strangers. Um, watching Horikoshi's approach to the idea of hero change and evolve over the course of the series has been a joy to see. Um, and so has watching the character development of one Izuku Midoriya. Um, starting life as a very weak wannabe hero, the series protagonist is showing off all his nearly all his newly obtained powers in this chapter 281 of my hero academia as he uses black whip to restrain tomorrow um, and this comes after being held back for for so many chapters by such characters like endeavor gran torino um but now he is in full force um speaking of endeavor um the current number one heroes despite desperate attack at the end of My Hero Academia chapter 201, leaves off in an uncertain note. Um, despite being restrained by Deku, Tomoda manages to fish out what appears to be one of Overhaul's quirky racing bullets from his pocket, hinting that something terrible uh, is about to happen. Um, could this be the moment where the number one hero loses powers for good? Um, and what if it's Deku? I mean, this arc has been crazy enough so far. And it's about to get a whole lot crazier in the future, especially if you've seen some of those leaks for the next chapter, but I won't get into that. Uh, the third chapter I wanted to get into was a Gravity Boys chapter 32. Um, I wanted to end the weekly manga corner with this chapter because um, after all that heavy hitting battle manga discussion, you've been wanting a little bit of a palate cleanser, a little something, a little water to the grit to get the grit out of your mouth um that is after all the beauty of this anthology magazine um there were a couple of light-hearted series that i thought about that thought i had some good chapters this week uh magu-chan uh hard-boiled cop and dolphin and mori king all impressed me this past week but i ended up going for a gravity boys chapter 32 for the simple reason that it proved me right <laughs> back in my in my initial review of the series, I noted that Atsushi Nakamoto's approach to writing gags had shifted for the better. Um, away from the objectification of Chris and towards a more equitable approach, the fruits of that shift are plain to see in a Gravity Boys chapter 32. While not while Chris is the butt of one of the jokes, he is not the only butt that the reader is invited to laugh at. Uh, a Gravity Boys chapter 32 starts off a bit with a sketchy kind of note. Um, I mean, we are suddenly introduced to the concept of an Omo card, uh, a type of points card that a characters used to ask favors from the higher being or HB in exchange for entertaining it. Um, while a Gravity Boys has never had the strongest of narratives, relying more as it does on chapter by chapter comedy, it does have at least one thing one making the concept of retroactively adding something to the story slightly worrying 
Um, nevertheless, A Gravity Boys Chapter 32 somehow makes it work. Um, perhaps it's because of how aware um, the chapter is is of its own hypocrisy. Um, addressing the reader at the very beginning saying, I'm sure you're a little all confused by the sudden appearance of this point guard. Um, but I think the moment where I became convinced was when Kamura used it to make a hilarious gacha gag. Um, where he relates it to of being a, it's like a freaking gacha game, I think he says. Um, the meat, though, the meat of the Gravity Boys Chapter 32, then, is all about how different the characters use and abuse the points they have racked up in exchange for entertaining HB. Um, as I mentioned, that's like a significant portion focused on the character of Chris. Um, but the final gag of the chapter, you know, where they all meet inadvertently in embarrassing costumes on the planet of Alesta, sp spreads the joke out a little bit more evenly um, among the cast and makes it much more uh, palatable. Uh, many laughs were had, which which make uh, Gravity Boys Chapter 32 a solid one in my book. Um, on a final note, um, this chapter was the chapter that finally convinced me um, to start collecting Atsui's Nakamura's series as a physical volumes. I started to do this a little more as, as of late, but as I'm in the process of, of, of doing these shows, I'm trying to, uh, trying to only collect those series that mean a lot to me. And given the journey that I've gone with the Gravity Boys, I think it deserves my place on, on a desk or a bookshelf. Um, but you can read chat. You can read Burn the Witch Chapter One, My Hero Academia Chapter Two Hundred Eighty One, and a Gravity Boys Chapter Thirty Two for free in Viz Media Shonen Jump um, and and the Manga Plus app. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sitting down with me on another edition of the weekly manga corner where i share you what to read and what's worth reading and what's worth not reading in weekly shonen jump magazine and i picked these three chapters because i thought these were the most worth to read right now um with two heavy action you know manga hitting hevers with burn the witch and um my Heracademia. And then a Gravity Boys with some comedy on that tail end. I thought it was a nice, sweet little package that I got for you guys today. Um, but I hope you enjoyed the Kanuku Manic discussion. That went on a lot longer than I thought it was. But I enjoyed right getting that ready for you guys. Because I'm really excited to get some more Kanuku Manic action back in print. Um, hopefully it spells for maybe an animated return or some more. Or Viz Media to license some of the other um, manga titles that haven't been officially released in America. Whatever the case may be. I just I have a feeling it spells something good in the end. Um about Burn the Witch, man. It could have been a better chapter. I'm hoping chapters two, three, and four are significantly better than chapter one. Chapter one eh, kind of subverted my expectations, but then again, are we really to blame for that? We had high expectations because Taito Kubo's back, baby. Of course we were gonna have high expectations. Um but, uh, that's pretty much me for the show. That's all I got for you guys today. I hope you have an, you enjoy the rest of your morning, afternoon, evening, or night with your boy C Dub, aka Chris, aka Maury, aka the Independent Variable. Um, shout out, um, uh, some people who were, I wanted to shout out uh, a friend of mine who sh uh, shared my live stream yesterday. I think his name was some 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 password. Shout out to you. If you listen to the show, man, thank you for sharing my live stream yesterday. Um, shout out 
to the new people who are following me on my backup Twitter account. Now, now that my main Twitter account is suspended for temporarily, um, you can follow me on Base Senpai, and you can follow me on Instagram because Weebcast is on Instagram at Weebcast TV. Um, but um, next week, um, look forward to another weekly manga corner. Obviously, I may have a special surprise on next week's manga corner. May have a little special surprise for you. Might have an extra. Might do a fourth manga review. Be on the lookout. I'll be dropping some hints. Um, my Tokyo Ghoul episode is coming together. Cannot wait for, to get you for that. I got some returning guests that are going to be coming up in the next coming weeks. And um, I got my shoujo script and episode pretty much ready. So be on the lookout for my shoujo episode. And be out look, on the lookout in the future for um, my isekai genre episode. Um... And, and obviously, as we get closer to the fall season of anime, you guys better be ready because I'm going to be previewing the, every fall, every new fall ep, um, season anime, giving you my thoughts, my impressions, um, and getting you guys ready to watch some good fall anime because October is going to be absolutely crazy in the world of anime and manga, especially in anime. Um, but that's all. Make sure you guys continue to rate, subscribe, re- review my podcast on whatever you may be listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcasts, Pocket Casts, um, Anchor.fm. Um, if you're listening to it on Anchor, though, think about subscribe. Think about um, donating to the show. Just donate a small amount to the show to help me uh, improve uh, equipment, improve the quality of the show, and get better guests. You can do that at Anchor.fm forward slash Weebcast forward slash support. It's in the it's in the description of of this episode and every other episode of Weebcast that you watch. Um, but kid, just keep supporting it. Um, it's been really great. Make sure you guys follow me on on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Give me feedback on the episode and other episodes. I'm welcome to any of them all, and you get shouted out on the show as well. Um, but yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for allowing my voice into your ears and into your homes. This is your boy C Dub, and I'm Audi three thousand. Goodbye.